Hi, my name is Jonathan. I am one of the pastors here at Heights, and we're so glad that you found us online. You know, at Heights, it is our desire to love and lead all people to a new life with Christ. And one of the ways that we strive to do that is by posting weekly content at all of the places, on Facebook and on YouTube, on Instagram. We even have our own website where we're constantly posting things as well. If you're checking us out for the first time, you can go to heightschurch.org connect and let us know that you found us. And once again, we're so glad that you're here. Well, and I hope you had a wonderful, wonderful day celebrating with friends and family yesterday. So good to uh, see you this morning and, and be together again. If you have a prayer request today, uh, let us know on the welcome card. You can take that card placed in the gray boxes uh, that are around this room. Those of you who are online, we want to say good morning to you as well. And go to heightschurch.org slash connect. We'd love to be able to connect with you there uh, as well. If you've got a Bible, whether it's electronically, whether you've got a paper one in your hand, let's go to John chapter 1. This morning we are going to end up our Christmas series that we've been calling Among Us. And we're going to be in John chapter 1. As you're turning to John chapter 1, I want to end a Christmas debate once and for all. Okay? Because I know when Christmas rolls around, debates start raging among people. The first debate we always go through around Christmas season is when to put up the Christmas decorations, right? Do you do it right before Thanksgiving or you have to wait after Thanksgiving? You have to do it at the first of December, you know, so that's debate number one. How you end that one is just this, you put them up when you want to put them up, okay? Number two, we always debate, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? We all know it is, all right? And then number three, this is the debate we're about to start getting into because I already saw it on social media even yesterday. When do you take the Christmas decorations down? Do you take them down this week? Do you wait till the beginning of the new year? So here we go. I'm going to end the debate. You take them down. Are you ready for this? When you want to take them down. They're your decorations. You want to leave them up till Easter? Leave them up till Easter. I, I mean, they're yours. Your, may, your neighbors may look at you weird, but so what? Look at them weird. It's fine, right? So there you go. Debate ended. All right. So <laughs> let's get into a word of prayer as we get uh, into the Bible this morning. Father God, we thank you that we get a chance to assemble again uh, just to remember who you are and, and what you've done for us and what you will do for us and what you are doing in us. Um, Lord, it's always humbling this time of year to think about a, a God who uh, doesn't pull away from us, but, but draws near to us. And, and Father, I, I thank you for that. I thank you for this privilege that we have to, to join together this morning and open up your word. And, and uh, Father, I, I pray there is, there's zero debate in this room today of who Jesus is. We believe that he is the Christ, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords, and the only ones who can save our soul and Father, we come to your word this morning, and we recognize it as your word. And so we pray uh, that uh, your perfect word, through your perfect spirit, will preach and, and, and minister to imperfect people, uh, such as myself, because we need you at this point in our lives, Lord. We need you with everything going on around us and in us, 
Uh, we need a God that is among us. And Father, we thank you for that in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I don't know if you ever um, get this way or not. Uh, I, I know I do. But there are times where I feel like God is not close, but God is far away. Anybody else? I mean, you, you read your Bible, and you're not getting anything out of it. Uh, you're praying, and you feel like not alone is God not answering them, he's just not even hearing them. Uh, you just go through life at times, and you don't feel like God is near you, but God is far, far away from you. Now, listen, if that's you, you're not alone. I feel that way sometimes, too. And whether you feel that way today or you're going to feel that way tomorrow, I want to show you something in God's Word today uh, that's going to be more than your feelings that you can hold on to, but the truth of God's Word. Because here's the thing about feelings. Feelings change. Feelings you can't trust. And so in the midst of times where you feel like God's far away, you have to have something to hold on to. You have to have something to anchor you in. You know, I, I got news just this morning of a, of a friend about 8.30, got a, a message, just a, a friend had another loss within their family this morning. And I mean, this, this, it's a tragic loss, and this family had already been through a loss recent. And I, I just sat in my office for a moment, I just thought, God, where, where are you? I mean, where are you in this family's life right now? I mean, they, they just went through something, and now they're turning around going through it again, and, and maybe that's you. You know, I mean, as a, as a parent of a son with, with disability, we, we go through all kinds of challenges at times. What seems normal to uh, you guys sometimes is very challenging to our family. And we think often, like, God, where are you right now? Why is this so hard? Why is this so tough? Why are we having to go through this again and again and again? And just quite honestly, there's times where I just feel like God is far away. And then that's where my wife steps in, thank goodness. And, and, and I texted her this this morning. I mean, about 8.30, I, I, I share the news with her by text. And she was at the house. I was at the office. And I was just like, I, I don't know what to say this morning. I, I can't believe this. And she texted me back this. She said, remember, when things get hard, we don't trust our feelings. We trust in the truth we know. <laughs> I thought, well, amen, Sandra. There you go. We'll just, I'll just share that with everybody, and we'll take an offering and have an invitation. Call it a day, right? <laughs> but, but honestly, that's what we need. When the feelings get off, when it gets hard, we've got to come back to a truth. We've got to hang on to something that's going to get us through that moment. And, and here's the truth I want to share. And this is why we've been doing this Christmas series called Among Us, because here's the truth. God is not far from us, but God is among us. See, you don't worship a God today that's far from you. You worship a God today that's with you, that's among you. And so John writes in John chapter 1 and verse 14 this, he says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we've seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. All right, and, and so that, that verse right there is just loaded, right? And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now, since I dropped you right in verse 14, we need to kind of go back up and get some context and answer this question, 
Who's the word? Right? Who, who is he talking about in verse 14? Well, let's move all the way back up in verse 1, and let's just review for a minute. In verse 1, John says, John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Now, notice what he says right there off the bat, in the beginning was the word. That means this, the word uh, did not have an origin story. That God always was. He was in the beginning because he's the beginning. Everything started with God. I mean, if you uh, turned all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, you would read, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You know, the Bible doesn't argue for the existence of God. It declares his existence. I mean, right off the bat, it's not an argument for his existence. It says he exists. And he was in the beginning. I can remember, you know, I, I see, you know, for all the kids in here and, and teenagers, uh, there, there was a point in my life, you know, as a kid, as a teenager, I'd, I'd wonder things like that. John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. You know, John chapter 1, verse 1, just in the beginning was the word. And, and I think about this. I think, well, wait a minute. If God created everything, who created God? Right? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, if he, if he made everything, well, who made him? And then I finally had to realize one day, wait a minute, no, no, nobody made him. He's the one that made it all. He was in the beginning. He doesn't have an origin. He always was. But notice what else it says in verse 4. Not only was the word in the beginning, but the word was with God. Now, now here's something about that word with. All right, And I know it's an it's a English word we use quite often, uh, but it's very different in the Greek. All right, So in with, when we use with as a preposition in English, uh, with means to be near, all right, to, to be the, beside, all right? I am with you this morning as you are with me in this room. Some of you are closer to me than others, all right? And here's the thing I always love, and, and I'm, I'm just going to let you in on a little secret this morning, okay? This may change your seating pattern. I, I, I honestly, when I say this out loud, Next Sunday, you may sit differently, I guarantee you, because of the way our sanctuary is. And I've told some people this privately, this is the first time I'm going to admit this publicly in over four years of being your pastor. Because of the way our sanctuary lays out, because of the height of the stage, because of my height, when I look out, guess what I don't really see? The first couple of rows. I don't really see the first two rows unless I really look down at the first two rows just because of the height of the stage, my height. When I look out, I see everybody in the back. And so here's the thing. In churches, sometimes people think, oh, I'll just hide in the back. You ain't hiding in the back. You want to hide, come sit right here next Sunday, and I might not see you on the first row. All right, there you go. Man, next week, you're just going to be everybody up front, nobody in the back. Right? I'm about to preach from the floor. So some of you are with me closer. Some of you are with me further away. Those of you watching online this morning, you're still with us in a sense, but you're really far away. All right, so, so in English, with means near or beside. But in the Greek, in John 1.1, 1, 1, in the original language, it's a different word than the way we use it in English. See, right here, it means an intimate union. It almost means this, face to face. So God the Father is face to face with the Word, God the Son. God the Father is in an intimate union with God the Son. So in the beginning was the Word, 
The word was with God, but notice the end of the verse, and the word was God. And the word was God. And again, here's another loaded statement because what John is saying is the word, which is God the Son, has the exact same character and essence as God the Father. This is what we get into called the Trinity, uh, where we believe God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One God expresses himself in three persons all the same God, all the same character, all the same essence. And so John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was with God, and he was God. But, but here's something we need to really kind of think about when it says, and the Word was God. Because that phrase right there, it separates us from all other religions. It's one of the distinct markers of Christianity when John says the word was God. That when Jesus was here on earth, he was fully God and he was fully man. He was God in the flesh. Now that distinguishes us from everybody else. Let me give you an example here. Uh, If you meet a Jehovah's Witness, maybe you've got a friend who's a Jehovah's Witness or you know somebody and you guys get to talking one day about about Jesus and and Jehovah's Witness friend says, hey, I I worship Jesus just like you do. My Jesus is the exact same Jesus as your Jesus. Here's what you could do. You could say, you know what, why don't you get your Bible out and and just turn to John 1, 1. All right, let's just go over. You say my Jesus is the same Jesus as your Jesus, and, and you say, well, get your New World Translation out and go to John 1. 1. I think David's going to put it on the screen for me here, and I want you to see this. Their version of the New World Translation, Jehovah's Witness Bible, reads it this way. In the beginning was the Word. Okay, I, I could do that. We can do that. That's what we said. And the word was with God. Well, I got no problem with that. That sounds pretty good so far. And the word was a God. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on one second. That one little letter A changes everything. Because my Bible says he's not a God, but he is God. And by throwing that little A in there, they're saying that, yeah, Jesus was a God, but Jesus wasn't the God. Wait, that's got some pretty big implications. Because if he wasn't the God, then what he did on the cross and through his resurrection isn't good enough to save you or to save me from my sins in hell. Now we got to do something else besides just trust and believe in Jesus, and we're off the tracks. And so you've got to notice what John's saying here. John's saying this word, back down to verse 14, who was in the beginning, was with God, and was God. Now verse 14, this word became flesh, and he dwelt among us. This is what we call the doctrine of the incarnation, where it changes everything. For all those moments where I feel this way and you feel this way, where God, where are you? God, you're not listening to my prayers. 
God, I'm not getting anything out of worship. God, I'm not getting anything out of my Bible reading. God, I don't know where you went. God, where were you in this situation? Here's the truth we land on that we remember when our feelings take us off the track, and it's this. God's not far from you, but God's among you. And John reminds us this word became flesh, and he dwelt among us. I like to think about it this way. If there's no incarnation, then there's no salvation. This is the moment in time where the creator stepped into his creation and did not pull back from his creation. You know, I, I love Christmas songs. We've sang a lot of good Christmas songs this month. You probably heard a lot of good Christmas songs on the radio. You know, uh, Silent Night, Joy to the World, O Come Emmanuel, What Child Is This? We sang this earlier. I mean, love those songs. Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. I mean, you know, like all those classic, classic Christmas songs. We're going to leave the Christmas shoe song out of there because it's the worst song ever sung in the history of all humanity. And I could go on about that for about 20 minutes, but just don't play the Christmas shoe song around me at any point in time. And I know a lot of you like to play jokes. Don't play that joke. <laughs> but here's my favorite. And here's my all-time favorite Christmas song, hands down. I told Pastor Matt the other day, I said, I know there are times you come to me and say, hey, I'm Oh, you got a song suggestion this week, and I always tell you, in Christ alone, that's a great week to sing it. But I'm going to add this one in, and we can sing this any time during the year for all I care. Hark the herald angels sing. And here's why. I love the verse where it says, veiled in flesh the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. And that's what John's saying in verse 14. He is this word that has dwelt among us, and we've seen his glory, the glory as the only son of the father, full of grace and truth. And here's why that matters. Because somebody betrayed you in 2021. You probably had a friend do something to you that just betrayed your trust. And you sat there in that moment, and you thought, God, where are you? Man, that, that person wronged me. They hurt me. And God reminded you, I know what it's like to be betrayed by a friend. For some of you, you had to say goodbye to a loved one this past year. You, you had someone close to you pass away. And in that moment of pain, you might have thought, God, where are you right now? And he reminded you, I lost loved ones while I was here on earth. I attended some funerals. I mean, maybe there's, there's physical pain in your life. There's, there's just physical pain right now. Gee, God reminded you, I know physical pain. I, I, I had that happen as well. I mean, maybe this morning you might think, good night, God, I just, I feel run down. I feel stressed out. I need rest. I need a break from people. God said, you know what? I needed the exact same thing. There were a lot of times I just pulled away from the crowd and I'd get alone and pray and I'd get alone to recharge. See, this, the word becoming flesh, is a truth in your life that you need to constantly apply, just like I do, that God, you're not far from us, but you're right among us. You have gone through things 
that we go through. And not only is he among us, but skip on down to verse 16 and 17. Notice what he gives us. Not only gives us his presence, but he gives us something more. Verse 16, it says, from his fullness, we've all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus. No one had ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side, but he has made him known. I love verse 16. From, from him we've received grace upon grace. Verse 17, law came through Moses, grace and truth through Christ. Why did God give the law all the way back in the Old Testament? You ever stopped thought about that? I mean, that's a lot of rules. There's all kinds of things said you can do this, you can't do that. Why, why did the world God do that? Well, you know, God did that to set himself apart as a holy God. And he said, I want to set you as a people apart as a holy people. But then the law also showed us something very key. And it was this, that the law wasn't good enough to save us. We weren't good enough to keep it. And because we broke it, we deserve death, we deserve separation from God, we deserve hell. And that law, no matter how much we tried to keep it, couldn't do it. We needed something else. And that's where God says, I'm going to send my son Jesus to be among you to give you grace upon grace. And through this one, you see there's salvation in Christ. I love Galatians 3.24. Paul writes, so then the law was our guardian, or your translation may say schoolmaster, until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. Romans 10.4, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. See, this Jesus he perfectly fulfilled the law, perfectly fulfilled all of the law, never once sinned. Can you imagine that? Never once sinned. I mean, just stop and think about that. That means Jesus opened up a gift when they celebrated his birthday that he probably didn't like. And one of them goes, do you like that present? No, I don't like it. You ever thought about, I mean, you ever thought about how much you and I lie on a regular basis? You probably opened something yesterday, and that person was like, do you like that? Yeah, I loved it. Woo, that's great. As a kid, man, you were holding up the pair of jeans for the picture for your parents, and you're smiling. You're like, thanks for the jeans, right? All right, no kids got jeans in here. No parents, I guess, did that. Was I the only house that got jeans as a kid? All right. Yeah, yeah, I took those pictures as a kid. Hold those jeans up, son. You know, yeah, thanks, Mom, for the jeans. I mean, Jesus never even did that once. Like, do you like that present, Jesus? No, nah, I didn't like it. You could have done better than that, right? I mean, never once did he sin. So when he dies on a cross, he's a perfect, sinless sacrifice for you and me. And we get from him grace. We get from him his presence. I, I, let me take you back up to verse 14 really quickly. He says, the word became flesh and he dwelt among us. That, that word dwelt, it means to, to put up a tent. That's exactly what it means. It means to put up a tent. You know, all through the Bible, God's dwelling with his people. All through the Bible, he's always with his people. In the Old Testament, he dwelt with his people in the tabernacle. He dwelt with his people in the temple. In the New Testament, Jesus dwelt here on earth with his people for over 33 years. 
When he died, was buried, resurrected, ascended to God. He sent his Holy Spirit. So right now, God is dwelling with you through the Holy Spirit. One day we get to dwell with God in heaven forever. Right? He's constantly dwelling with us. And that means this, God doesn't pull back from our problems. God enters right into them. Then pull back. He doesn't say, oh, you're on your own. Or, oh, boy, I'm going to be way over here. He says, no, 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 no. You got worries? You got anxiety? You got physical issues? You got depression? You've experienced loss, betrayal, financial issues? I'm not pulling away. I'm entering in. And we sang it earlier. But I wonder how many of you meant it. When those moments happen, do you run to the arms of Jesus? Or do you run away? Because when pain and suffering hits, you got one of two choices. You run to him or you run away from him. But in that moment of pain and suffering and hardship, he's not running from you. He's saying, I'm dwelling right here with you. You know, there's a, a great biography that I've read a couple of times on John Newton. John Newton's one of my, my favorite historical figures. And, and uh, 1773, John Newton wrote Amazing Grace. And, and when he wrote Amazing Grace, he wrote the song, really not as a song, but to be used in a sermon illustration in 1773 on, on New Year's Day for a New Year's Day sermon. And uh, it wasn't published as a song till six years later. But John Newton had a, had, a, had a unique friendship with a guy at the time by the name of William Cowper. And William Cowper was a famous English poet. Uh, and Newton and Cowper wrote a lot of poems together. They wrote a lot of hymns together, did a lot of writing together, had just a great friendship. But William Cowper had a problem. And, and one of his problems was he would go into really deep, deep, dark, depressive states. And he was often suicidal. He had attempted suicide a couple of times, obviously unsuccessfully. And so Newton and his wife, when William Cowper would uh, hit one of those depressive states, Newton and his family would bring Cowper in. And, and he would come live with them for a time and a season. And he would help his friend kind of along and to be with his friend and be among his friend. And this biography I've read uh, on John Newton has a theory that in that song, Amazing Grace... Newton wrote a verse to encourage his friend William Cowper. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. T'was grace that brought us safe so far, and grace will lead us home. And you know, when you look back at 2021, there were some ups, there were some downs. You may have gone through many dangers, toils, and snares. And grace led you thus far. And grace one day will take you home to be with Jesus when it's that time. And as you enter into 2022, there may be many dangers, toils, and snares. But God's grace and his presence will be among you with them in every moment. Just as he saw you through this year, he'll see you through next year. Because he's not a God that's far from us, but he's a God that's among us. I want to ask you. I want to thank you so much for watching today's message. And I want to simply ask you a question. 
Is there a time in your life that you have given your life to Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life? Have you come to know Him? Now, you might say, well, I know Jesus. I've heard about Him. I mean, you just preached about Him. I've been in church before, but that's not the question I'm asking you. Is there a time that you have given your life over to Jesus, where you have invited Him in your life and simply said, Jesus, you now are the Lord and Savior of my life. I like to explain it this way. Have you given Him the username and password of your life? Does He have access to all accounts in your life? See, the Bible says that we need to place our faith and our trust in Jesus in order to be saved, in order to have our sin forgiven, have a relationship with God now, and to be in heaven with God throughout all of eternity, we need to trust in the work of Jesus Christ on the cross and through the resurrection. Now, you today may be ready to do that, but you say, I, I don't know how to do that. How do I place my faith and trust in Jesus? Well, the Bible says this, that we call out on the name of the Lord. I love what Romans chapters 10 in verse 13 says. It says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And when it says call on the name of the Lord, you know what that means? Just to pray. To say, you know what, I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of my life. And maybe you're watching this and say, I, I don't know how to pray. I, I've never done that. Well, I want to invite you to follow along with me. And if it's on your heart and your mind today to say, I'm ready to be a Christian, I'm ready to follow Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of my life, then I'm going to invite you right now to pray with me. And so just right where you are, you can call out to Him and simply say something like this. Dear God, today I call out to Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I place my faith and my trust in Him to be my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin and giving me life forever with you, God. Pray in Christ's name. Amen. You know, friend, if you've prayed with me today, no matter where you are, we'd love to follow up with you. You can simply go to heightschurch.org connect. That's going to take you to our website. Right there on the website, you click decision. And you let me know you've made that decision, that you've prayed that prayer with me. I'm going to be in touch with you. That information is going to come right to me and we'll help you take your next step of faith. And so thank you for watching today. I encourage you to subscribe to our Facebook page and our YouTube page so you stay current with all of our digital content. If you're ever in our area, we'd love to see you in person at a service at 9 a.m. or 1030 a.m. on a Sunday morning. So till we see each other again, God bless.